0: JD talking sports January 5th 2017 All right you know I just read this I know this I talk about sports and it's JD talking sports but this perplexes me. ExxonMobil chief Rex Tillerson who just resigned as of December 31st he's going to become the new Secretary of State is getting 180 million dollars to cut financial ties with Exxon. It's going to be paid over 10 years. And actually he's going to get $7 million less to meet the federal ethics guideline. And I asked my mom, I said, is that a lot of money? $180 million? It's a lot of money to me. There's a beautiful picture of him with Russian President Vladimir Putin. And he's going to take $180 million. Dick Cheney made a lot of money off Halberd. The reason why I'm telling this is I was uh, subbing at a school today, and the teacher reading the paper started laughing at me, and he said, our Secretary of State was getting a balloon payment from his job, and I didn't know who the Secretary of State was, and I felt kind of ignorant. I went home, checked this out, and he was right. And what better place to go than to another folly? The Jets. The Eagles today denied the Jets permission to interview their quarterback coach, John Filippo, for the offensive coordinator job. Now, he was high on the list, but they might look the college ranks. People are calling for Mike McCoy. Am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked. And then today, Mike McCagnin spoke to the, to the press, the end of the season media session. He said, overtaking the Patriots is not unattainable. And then he joked, I have Tom Brady's birthday logged into my phone. Every time his birthday comes up, I know he's getting one year older. Problem is, Brady is holding father time. He said, I have to find a new voodoo doll, I guess. He cracked. Hmm. How come I don't feel so filled with laughter when I read that? Not even close. And... (laughs) Woody Johnson says there isn't a playoffs or be-fired mandate for Todd Bowles in 2017. No? 5-11 five okay, five okay then? 8-8? Eight and eight? He also dodged questions on Darrell Revis. Maybe it's too soon. Season's still too raw. Diapers still soiled. Maybe he's got a rash. He's uncomfortable. But the Jets did do something positive. They signed kicker Ross Martin to a reserve future contract, which basically means... It's completely one sided and the players have no leverage. He was a kicker who was cut. He came uh, out of Duke, the Kepnick Volk, who only went 27 to 31 on field goals, 24 to 26 on extra points. Best season in three years. Great. Still don't have a quarterback. Still don't know what's happening with Hackenberg. But that's okay. He's going to get a voodoo doll. For Tom Brady, and he has Tom Brady's birthday logged into his phone. And overtaking the Patriots is not unattainable in 2055. Maybe he should have stated that at the end of his sentence. Wow. That's all I have to say on that front. That's all I have to say. I, other than that, I, I've i got pup kiss on that front. I thought I'd start the show with two things that stirred me up a little bit today. The Jets... And Mr. Tillerson getting a $180 million balloon payment. Hmm. Well. Now. On a lighter note and more exciting note. This could be OBJ this postseason. Now usually a quarterback gets hot like Mr. Flacco did a couple years ago with the Ravens. But there's been a couple guys non-quarterbacks who've been beasts. You have to look right there, just have to look at Von Miller last year. In the AFC Championship game, he had two and a half sacks of Tom Brady, also an interception. In the Super Bowl, six tackles, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Remember the fumble that uh, Cam Newton decided to go for or not go for, which still perplexes me to this day. One of which resulted in a touchdown and two quarterback hurries in the 24-10 upset of the Panthers. Was it really an upset or did the better team win? I know we called it an upset. That's what everybody said because everybody thought, oh, there's no way they can win with Peyton Manning, and he was shot. Well, that defense was damn good. Could the Giants do the same thing this year? Eli's, Eli does get a little picante during the postseason. Anything's possible, right? Anything's possible. Then also we can look at Larry Fitzgerald 2009. I did speak about him. In the four playoff games that postseason, he had at least six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. In the second round against the Panthers, he had eight catches for a buck 66 and a touchdown. In the title game, he had nine catches for a buck 52 and three touchdowns. In the Super Bowl, he only had seven catches for 127 yards and two scores. Guys, a beast, Ray Lewis. Everybody remember that giant game, thirty four seven. Oof. That was the week. That was after the Giants beat up the Vikings forty-one 0 I remember that a- NFC Championship game, and the Vikings were a good team that year. I thought, hey, no, it was ugly. Trent Dilfer has a ring. That doesn't that doesn't flow off a sentence. That's Trent Dilfer, Super Bowl champion quarterback. Hey, stranger things have happened. Jeff Hostetler. Oops, I'm sorry. Four playoff games. Ray Lewis had 31 tackles, two INTs, nine pass deflections, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown. And he was Super Bowl MVP after five tackles and four po- passes defensed in the Super Bowl. I also talked about Terrell Davis in 90. Well, <laughs> he had four 100-yard games in the postseason. He had 157 yards and three touchdowns in the Super Bowl to get MVP honors. When they beat the Steelers in the AFC title game, he had 139 yards. And against the Jaguars in the opening round, he had 31 carries for a buck 84 and two touchdowns. And Jerry Rice in 89. Six touchdowns in three games. And in that Super Bowl where they beat the Bengals 2016, he had 11 catches for 2.15 and a touchdown when he won the MVP. That's a Super Bowl record to this day. In the title game where they beat the Bears 28 3, he only caught five balls for a buck 33 and two touchdowns. Mr. Beckham. Mr. Beckham. This is this is the time you said you've been waiting for. You said you watched it on TV and everything. It's showtime. Let's see what can happen. Let's see what will happen. And this is interesting. Since Thanksgiving, three teams have been six and zero. The Patriots got the bye. Steelers and the Packers all been six and zero. Five and one, Chiefs and Falcons both got a, a bye. Four and two have been the Dolphins, Raiders, Cowboys, and Giants. And three and three have been the Texans, Lions, and Seahawks. I you know I might even take I I, I gotta. I know the Lions are coming in on a three game losing streak and they're playing in Seattle. I think Stafford could have the game of his life. I really do. Now I, I want to talk about the wild card matchups. Giants, Packers. Packers lost three cornerbacks to injury in their week seventeen win over the Lions. And they're so they're so short handed. They had to promote rookie corner Herb Waters, a converted wide receiver from their practice squad on Wednesday. Converted wide receiver. That's how that's 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 a lack of depth they have right now. Now the defense Rebounded from giving up 40-plus games in consecutive games to forcing 15 turnovers during its six-game winning streak. And Aaron Rodgers, since Thanksgiving, he's 142 out of 200. He has had 142. He's had 58 incompletions for 1,667 yards, 15 touchdowns, no picks, and a 121 passer rating pretty cool, right? And the Jet Giants defense, they're calling themselves the New York pa- NYPD, the New York Pass Defense. It's a moniker that was given to them and the players have taken it up. Hey, they've they they have played uh they played the packages here. They lost in early October, 23-6, which dropped into 2 and 3. In that game, Spagnolo's crew gave up 406 yards, including 150-47 on the ground, and Randall Cobb had nine catches for a Buck 08. But then they went on a six game winning streak and ended up winning eight of the last nine to make the playoffs. And pro football focus Landon Collins is a first team, first team all pro. And second team was Beckham, Janoris Jenkins, cornerback Dominic Rogers Cromarty, and defensive tackle Damon Harrison. And. Some people feel that Janoris Jenkins should get some votes for Defensive Player of the Year, and he is. He He's uh he, he, he's going to have uh, Jordy Nelson, who they said should get a comeback player of the year. He's going to become buddies with uh, Jack Rabbit on Sunday. We'll see if he can take Nelson out of the game. Now, Beckham does tend to dis- disappear for long stretches during games, and the Giants are not scoring that much. And the tight ends and running backs are below average. But I think Perkins could have a good game. He actually had a 100 yards last game, but the tight ends, my buddy Harris hates Will Ty. said he drops more balls than he catches. He's an accident waiting to happen. We shall see. Now, McAdoo, hey, he got him to the playoffs, four-year drought. Have to be complimented for that. But for an offensive guru, the offense is not scoring as much as they should. And this is McCarthy's eighth consecutive playoff trip. And Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb have a whopping 232 catches and 30 touchdowns combined. Ty Montgomery converted receiver now a running back. And tight ends Richard Rodgers and Jared Cook are also dangerous. And this is the thing. Listen to this. These are interesting stats. Packers have won the turnover battle in five of the past six games. The other one, they were even after coming out on the minus side in five of the first 10 games. They've also won time of possession in eight of their past 13 after going 0-3 for 3 in September. And they've already improved the field position game, something that McCarthy feels is still a work in progress. And over the 16-winning streak, three to 16 minutes of football, they've only trailed for less than eight minutes total. I'm still taking the Giants on the road. I'm, I, I'm not betting against Eli. I think that D can shut down Aaron Rodgers. I think, they, I think the D, their D is that much stronger. And I think having all the guys go out for the Packers, I think it come, could come back and haunt them. Now, Steelers host the Dolphins. Steelers, with their 4-5 and five start defense, was not getting the job done. But since then, they've allowed 275 yards or fewer in four of their final seven games. They also finished with 38 sacks, and no defender had more than five. That means they're spreading it around. Now, Tomlin is 1-3 in, in the playoffs since 2011 and missed the playoffs three times in that span. Terry Bradshaw said he was more of a uh, cheerleader. I disagree on that front. And you have Antonio Brown, and then you have Le'Veon Bell, who has caught 75 passes out of the backfield. Now, Roethlisberger worked in the offseason, more cardio that he thought would help him later in the season, and he said that he can't remember them being this healthy so late in the season. We shall see. We shall see. And the Dolphins, Tannehill has been ruled out. Matt Moore is going to start for the fourth week in a row. They just felt with his knees not ready that he injured left knee in week 14. Came before Thursday's practice. Matt Moore was 2-1 as Tannehill's replacement. Be his first career postseason start. He has eight touchdowns, three interceptions, and a QB rating of 105.6, which is higher than Tannehill's career best of 93.5. Let's... It's three games. I, I, I'm not going to go that far. Now, Tannehill had not missed a game in five seasons until he was sidelined against the Cardinals. Never played in a postseason. And this will be their first playoff game for Miami since 2008. And interesting, Jay Ajayi, he's two weeks removed from an AC joint sprain. Now, he, you know, that's not something that he come back that quickly. They do have a very young receiving core. Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, and Kenny Stills. And tight end Deion Sims is a reliable fallback weapon. He did have two touchdowns against the Jets a couple weeks ago. But the D the last two weeks, they gave up 589 in a win over the Bills and then 396 in a blowout loss to the Patriots. They've allowed 100 or more rushing yards in seven straight games. We shall see. Another thing uh, Adam Gase is going to have to worry about once the season ends is that his defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, is a hot head coaching commodity. The good thing is when he brought him over from Cincinnati, he brought also Matt Burke, who is the linebacker's coach, and they think that if Joseph goes, that Matt Burke could become the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. I guess it all depends on J.H.I. A.C. Sprain is serious, and he's... He did go for 204 the last time they played. That was in Miami. It's going to be a lot colder in Pittsburgh, but anything's possible. I don't think I, I can't bet against Big Ben at home in the playoffs. No, I don't think I can. Now the Seahawks—they have a great one-two punch of wideout Doug Baldwin and tight end Jimmy Graham. But losing Tyler Lockett to a season-ending leg injury could come back to hurt them. And Thomas Rawls, December fourth, he ran for a buck 06. But in four games since, he's only run for 123 yards on 49 carries. Do the math, folks. That's less than that's a little over two and change a carry. And they they did finish number five in yards in yards allowed. The defense did, but they did lose Earl Thomas in early December, and they've given up an average of 25 points in their final four games. Now Pete Carroll six and two in the postseason. Past three seasons includes one tile title and two Super Bowl trips. Now, the Lions, hey, you got Matthew Stafford dealing with an injured middle finger on his throwing hand. And you're playing in Seattle, which isn't the best place to get healthy. But they do have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and Anquan Bolden, who's a possession receiver. May not have the speed, but he catches everything that's thrown to him. And tight end Eric Ebron, hey, from Chapel Hill, go heels, can be dangerous. Now, they lost Theo Riddick with 67 catches, which will hurt them out of the backfield, And then he got Jim Caldwell, Mr. Stoneface, who didn't even get a vote of confidence after making the playoffs for management. We'll see. I I tell you, I think Stafford could play... I think... I think he could play a good game. Now, maybe it's just me talking nonsense, but I, 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 I got a vibe about him. I do. I do. I do. We shall see. Now, the Raiders. Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. 172 catches and 13 TDs between them. And Clive Walford is an underrated tight end. Now, this is the thing. Amari Cooper, though, his last 100-yard game was in October, and he's broken 60 yards just once since Halloween. Now, he is having a... Connor Cook is his starting quarterback. First NFL start is a playoff game. We shall see. You know, because the defense has been a, a, a sieve this, this year, but they made for, up for it by forcing a lot of turnovers and bunches, which they had a plus-16 takeaway this year. And Khalil Mack... NFL's best defensive player, but the rest of the defense, not as good. Also, Jack Del Rio, this is only his third postseason appearance in his 15-year career as a head coach, and they're saying it's going to be a short one without Derek Carr. I don't know. Connor Cook, they said evaluators always said he had that potential. They said his personality, they said he was a loner in Michigan State, now he's a leader. They said, to his credit, one staffer said that he's come a long way since he arrived in May. He's been great here. He's fun to have around. They, they need him. Raiders need him. This is going to be a big game for them. Also, the Texans. Listen to this. DeAndre Hopkins is catching. Now, this is the number one receiver. Is catching just 52% of his targets, one of the lowest percentages in the league, as a number one receiver. And think about it. O'Brien's staff is the first one in franchise history to go to three consecutive winning seasons, three First time ever. Three consecutive winning seasons. They've had 13 guys going into reserve. They've been without Brian Cushing, Vince wolfork Clowney, Jonathan Joseph, Lamar Williams, Will Fuller. All all this season, they've lost some points. And on the offensive line, they started the season without Dwayne Brown, and they finished it without Derek Newton, and were without projected starter Nick Martin throughout. Still, they finished eighth in rush offense. On defense, they finished number one in the league without J.J. Watt for the last three months of the season. Now, we shall see. You know, there's talk about him leaving. If the playoffs, after playoffs, that him and the GM don't get along, I think it's a huge mistake. Someone would snatch him up in a heartbeat. What he's done, okay, the Brock Osweiler thing, they needed a quarterback. It was kind of sight unseen. They brought him in. They signed him to all the money. I guess O'Brien thought he could work the magic with him. It hasn't worked out as well as he hoped it would. He's getting a playoff start. He hasn't looked good all season. We shall see, right? I guess we'll see. I'm taking, I like the Raiders in that one. I, I do, I do. And hey, the Niners, Niners' job is open. They brought almost 40 million of unused 2016 cap room into 2017 adding to the projected 80 million they already have to work with. Who would want to come in with all that money? You bring in a good GM, a good coach, it's a beautiful part of the country, why not? Why not? And the Chargers, look at this, they have a rock solid quarterback in place if Philip Rivers, I, he's, he's going to keep playing. Who are you kidding? Good young core, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, who almost had a thousand yards, Hunter Henry, Henry, the tight end, Joey Bosa, I'll tell you, he missed training camp and everything, was a beast. Denzel Perryman, and Jason Verrett. And the ownerships shown patience with coaches in the past. If they find the right leader direct this group, sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. And how about this? NFL ratings dropped 8%. Average regular season, 8%. 1.4 million fewer Viewers than last season. Come on, it's all the stuff that's going on with the concussions and all the violent. You know, I heard a guy said he. I, I met a guy at a birthday party, my friend Frank's birthday party, and he said he stopped watching. He he was really upset about the Kaepernick. The Kaepernick thing really pissed off a lot of people. The guy was kneeling. It just drove people crazy. I guess I could see the number dropping, and some of the games haven't been good. The Thursday night games are terrible. Am I shocked by this? I thought it would have been a little more, to be honest with you. And how about this? Chris Berman, 31 years, host of ESPN NFL studio show. 31 years. He's going to remain with the network in various roles. Him, Tom Jackson gone. I guess they're going young blood. Uh, you know what? It was, it was fun watching him. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. That sucks. But hey, you know, times change. Now, this is interesting. College football playoff championship game. Last year's game, Deshaun Watson, who had 478 yards, a total off. I mean, he was a beast. Beast last year. He was protected by true freshman Mitchell Hyatt, a left guard, and was without injured number one receiver Mike Williams. And also, fellow receiver Deion Kane was suspended for reportedly failing a drug test. Well, Williams this year... 90 catches, 12, 10 TDs, and Kane was second with 630 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. That's 19 touchdowns between two of them. Also, the D this year, he said that Watson said we were top 10 D last year, but we gave up too many big plays, very inconsistent. He said this year, been consistent throughout the season, and we weren't quite as healthy as we are this year. Hey, you know what? I think I'm telling you. I'm telling you, that's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be very interesting. And the average price of the championship game this year on StubHub is $978 for a game ticket. Last year, more than double. Last year, 425 What do I know? And some, I, I read a scout compares Mike Williams, the Clemson wide receiver, to Calvin Johnson. That is a very big compliment. And former coach of Minnesota Jerry Kill, after the Tracy Clays firing, said, won't be stepping back into school anytime soon. Or basically, won't be stepping back into school. He's pissed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I talked about that yesterday. It's crazy. Coaches, you know, he, he he was losing the team. They didn't want to play in the game. He had to do something. And then they finished nine and four. They have a great season. They win a bowl game. I thought he took. He was the fall guy. And Jerry Kill was there. He had suffered from seizures and everything. He was beloved in the in the state. Beloved by the school. Oof, that did not end well. All right. Now the Knicks. Sixth in row last night. 16-19 and 19 now. Carmelo had 30 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. But uh, D-Rose had a turnover late. And then the Greek freak, Giannis Adetokumbo. Adetokumbo. Hit up. Fall away jumper. They said, you know what they said too, that he had the ball from, he, he took like 10 dribbles before he shot it. And he took his step, and then he stepped back. He has, man, talk about, talk about a, it went like six feet back. Nobody could stop that. And you just sort of look on Carmelo's face was like, what the? And they actually were up 14, headed into the fourth. They were outscored by 15 in the fourth. Rose had 15, but one, one for six in the fourth. And the Knicks made a season nine 13 three-pointers. They play the Bucks Friday night. In Milwaukee, that's a tough loss, man. 16-19. At Christmas, they were three games over. 500. How times have changed. Oof. That was not a pretty one. And the league will probably start releasing full game reports amid criticism over use of the last two-minute reports. You know what? These guys make mistakes. It's, nothing's going to change, right? Is anything going to change? I don't think so. No. It's not changing anytime soon. And Nova lost last night. Number one after they broke their twenty-game winning streak. They lost to Butler 66-58, to drop to fourteen and one, two and one in the Big East. Butler thirteen and two, two and one. They ran, they ran on the court, and they shot a season low thirty-seven point three percent and six for twenty-six from threes. Oof. You know I can't I can't root for Nova. They beat my they beat my heels last year. That that game that game destroyed me. But I do, Josh Hart, man. I love watching him play. He reminds me of like Jamal Wilkes. He's that beautiful. Just looks. He makes it look effortless out on the court. He really does. And then UConn women, eighty nine straight. Tuesday night against uh, South Florida at Hartford, they'll go to tie the record that they set. Would, and also they're playing the eighth ranked opponent of the season. They only won ninety forty five over Eastern Carolina last night. Fourteen and zero, two and zero in the AAC. Eastern Carolina start, dropped to nine and six, zero and two, and they just broke the tie with John Wooden's UCLA program that won eighty eight in a row from seventy one to seventy four with Walton. Oof! How about that? Impressive, impressive. And Andre Ward in a interview in Rolling Stone said, "I don't know if if it makes sense to continue." What do you mean it doesn't make sense? I want to. If as long as I'm healthy, I want to keep fighting. Is he it enough? He took he he had that uh, contract dispute with Goosen that he finally got out of. He couldn't fight for a couple years. Now he's back fighting again. He has only fought a couple fights. I'd want to get a little time. And Cotto, they said he said this is his last year because he wants a rematch with Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. That he lost. That was his last fight actually, November 2015. He lost unanimous decision, which he felt that he got the short end of the stick. He's going to fight Kirkland February 25th at the Ford Center at the Star. That's the Cowboys practice facility, pay-per-view f- on February 25th. Koto, 40 and 5, 33 Ks. I, I remember when he first came up. Man, he was vicious. And Kirkland's 32 and 2 with 28 KOs. And Kirkland has a, had a female trainer that he started with and he went back to her now for this fight. But whenever he fought with her, he fought great. He went on his own. He thought he was too big. He got knocked out. I'm interested to see what, what he's going to do. And Cotto felt that he, he, it was a closer fight he felt he won. You know, they always feel they won. I don't know. And the thing is that Canelo, is Alvarez has a fight lined up. He might fight Cesar Chavez Jr., and then he wants to fight Triple G, and he wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't even be able to meet in 2017. And Roach, Freddie Roach's trainer said that Cotto has more years in the tech he could keep fighting he doesn't have to retire at the end of the year we shall see we shall see alright now the Mets this was interesting his agents Brody Van Wagenen and Kyle Thousand they used an analytics firm in Chicago and they came up with a dollar figure for the impact Cespedes had on the field social media team television reviews and ticket and merchandising sales they even put a figure of $3.2 million on the value of the approximately 50 tabloid back pages that had featured Cespedes over the course of 2016. 50. And they brought in a 100-page book that came up with a bottom line that Cespedes was worth $34.7 million to the Mets in 2016, or 7.1 more than the team paid him. It ended up that they gave him a four-year, $110 million contract. And Sandy Allison, the GM, said, I think the general concept that some players are worth a little more than just the sum of their plate appearance is valid. It has to be taken into account. And, and Jeff Wilpon, the Met CEO, COO, he brought up at the news conference, and he, be, uh, he believes that Van Wagenen and Thousand honor something and have even given their approach a name, that Van Wagenen and Thousand have, they call it value above replacement, which is a nod to the popular war, which is wins above replacement. And they said, that they said this is the first player that they tried this approach, but that they would, it would be done with other players in the future. And they predicted that Cespedes would earn the club $160 million over the next four years, even with season-by-season season variances in his on-field numbers. And Wilpon said he puts butts in the seats. People want to see him. And this is commonly known as the star factor, or as Van Wagenen and Thousand might put it, value above a pr- replacement. I thought that was pretty cool. A 100-page book. Fifty times he was on the back page of the tabloids, and he does when he's up. Like when Gary Sanchez came up and on a, a shorter thing, but when Cespedes comes up, I, I watch. I do, I do. Gary Sanchez in a, in a much smaller window from which to watch. Same thing when Sanchez came up, I wanted to watch him. And hey, when Reggie played, I wanted to watch him. Daryl Strawberry, I wanted to watch him. Pretty cool, pretty cool. And James James Wagner. New York Times, thanks for that article. I loved it. And this one from Nyla Jean Myers, New York Times, on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, they're trying to match the 17 games won by the 92 93 Penguins. Now, that team was a two time defending Stanley Cup champs. They were coached by the Hall of Famer Scottie Bauman. They had four 100 point scores in Mario Lemieux, Kevin Stevens, Rick Tockett, and Ron Francis. And they had a 21-year-old who's still playing named Yaromir Yager. Four members of the team so far have been inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, Columbus, since entering as an expansion team in 2000-2001 season, has two playoff appearances and no series victories. Actually, they've only won two playoff games. They haven't lost, though, since falling in a shootout to the Florida Panthers on November 26th. And Yager... 44 and a Panthers player scored in that game. Now at the time they were 11-5 and 4th four, place at the Metropolitan Division. Now they come in, they're after 16 game winning streak. They're the best record league, 3 points ahead of the defending champion Penguins. Now if they tie the record Thursday tonight at the Capitals, they'll break they can break it Saturday night in Columbus against the Rangers. Now the Penguin streak began on March 9th of that season in 92-93. And that was one week after Lemieux returned from missing 24 games after a diagnosis of Hodgkin's disease. He was 27th and in his ninth NFL, NHL season. And he had a point in 16 games during the winning streak. Was he had 27 goals and 24 assists. Compare that to Columbus's leading scorer, Cam Atkinson, has 10 goals and 8 assists. 51 points. Again, I mean, Lemieux, you know, people don't really, he, well, I'm, I mean, we do know, but, you know, t- time away, but Lemieux was like, It was like a magician out there. It was like a ballet. He was a ballet dancer. He was, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, growing up, I used to, these guys were like, um, it felt like they were scoring every night. And the streak ended on April 14th in the Penguins' last regular season game, a 6-6 tie against the Devils. Back then they had ties. Now the Blue Jackets streak includes one overtime win and two shootout wins. And that year, Pittsburgh finished 56-21-7, the best record in the league by 10 Points, And they were more than 30 points better than in the previous two years when they won the Stanley Cup. But that year, they didn't even win the Stanley Cup. The Canadians did. The Penguins were upset by the Islanders in overtime in Game 7 of the second round of the playoffs. Now, before Columbus, only one team got close to the win streak record of 17. That was the 2012-2013 Penguins, who won 15 in a row in a lockout-shortened season. And that year, they lost to the Boston Bruins in the conference finals. Those are some stories I wanted to tell you today. I do have a trivia question. Trivia question to answer from last show. Most yards rushing in a college football game. Samaje Perine. And I'm I just I just did I just butcher his last name? Yeah, I think I just butchered his name. And I I, I need to give. Yeah. Samaje. Nope. Samajay P. Ryan. Thank you. He had 427 yards against Kansas in 2014. 427! Which was this is the single game rushing yards record? He's going pro this year. This is a guy who Kuiper doesn't have in his top ten running backs. Can't hey? I'd love to see him play. Okay. Next, do I have another question? Yes, I do have another trivia question. Okay, it's kind of an easy one, but the record was not broken this season. Most yards rushing by a rookie. NFL rookie in NFL history. Most yards rushing by an NFL rookie in NFL history. Most yards rushing by an NFL rookie in NFL history. Alright, thank you. Have a good night. Peace out.